as surprising and unanticipated circumstances are taking hold of our city, our county, and our world, we look to our elected officials for answers and for inspiration. Today, we are connecting with one of those inspirational leaders. Commissioner Jessica Vega-Peterson said she joined the Oregon legislature because she wanted to do more than talk about making things better. Jessica has served as a House member for East Portland and now is a Multnomah County Commissioner. She's also on the board of Portland State University Center for Women's Leadership and is active with her neighborhood association. Commissioner Jessica Vega-Peterson of Multnomah County District 3 joins us today on the show. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning, Emily. How are you doing? Oh, I think I'm doing pretty much like everyone else, still in shock, still uh, about the school closures <laughs> with, with two kids. But, um, you know, and also trying to, to make connections um, to see what people are needing and what we can do to help. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're all... Um, we're all trying to take in this situation as best we can right now. Yeah, yeah, you are balancing a lot. Let's let's start with the county's approach to the virus. Yesterday there was a press conference in the morning about 9 o'clock with the, the mayor and uh, chair, Deborah Kofori. What can you tell us about the county's approach in, in these days of uncertainty? Yeah, the county is doing everything that we can in our role to help um, slow the spread of COVID-19 and um, because of that, there's a lot of steps that we've taken. Um, the, the press conference yesterday was announcing an, an eviction moratorium in Multnomah County for six months. Um, you know, it, what this does is it doesn't relieve tenants of their, um, you know, their liability for paying rent, but it says that um, landlords can't charge or collect a late fee for rent that's delayed um, for, you know, during this time while there's an emergency declaration or for the six months. Um, you know, it also said that uh, motels and hotels can't refuse occupancy from people um, for any for anyone who's taking any state money and um, or um, government money. Um, and this is to ensure that if we need to move people into motels and hotels for health reasons, that they have a place to stay there. Mm. And um, these are, you know, especially the eviction moratorium. I think that this is something that needs to happen statewide. Um, we're also looking at expanding our shelter capacity to make sure that we have the um, safe um, distancing for shelter beds for our um, houseless population. Um, so we're looking to, ex to greatly expand the additional beds that we need um, to make this happen. Um, I think the biggest thing that people um, have seen as well is that we've closed the libraries and ended the library events that have been happening. Um, and we're making sure that um, you know, that we're doing what we can internally for our employees to make sure that they can stay home. So all non-essential employees um, are working from home right now. We're having all our board meetings held virtually. And um, we're looking at how we can make sure that we have child care needs for those essential employees and um, for health care providers in our jail and public safety staff so that they can have the daycare and the child care that they need um, so that they're able to get to work. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of discussions that are happening. The county is a place where, um, you know, we work on a lot of um, health issues, public safety issues, and really um, have a, a lot of ways that we're connecting with the community. So we're trying to figure out the best ways to move forward with this. Whew. 
There is a lot going on. Now, what does, I know there's probably not a typical day at this point, but how, how are you staying connected as commissioners? How are these conversations happening when convenings can't be happening? And I know Multnomah County sort of prides itself on community engagement. So do you have a sense of how that's going to shift or how, how do you get insights from the community when convenings can't happen? That is, that's such a good question, and that's uh, something that we're all talking about and working on right now. I mean, we're going to have our very first board meeting tomorrow that's going to be virtual. We've never done that before where it's been entirely virtual, so it's going to be interesting to see how that happens. Um, we're we're going to be taking public comment only through writing, right, not through written testimony, not through the, the public testimony, because it's just at this point we don't have the technology to do that. So, um but I think the other things that, that I'm doing is, um, you know, reaching out to folks in the community to see, um, in organizations in the community to see what help they need, to see what, um, what, the, what the needs are, and trying to share information as much as possible through other means, whether it's email lists, whether it's social media, mm-hmm. um, to make sure that the community is aware of what's going on and has access to the resources that are coming online during this time. Um, you know, I think those are the so those are some of the thing, things we're doing, and we'll probably see um, even more things um, as we move forward through this. I know there's so much uncertainty right now. Is there a plan for a, a regular update to the community through press briefings, or are you sort of taking it as a day, at a day at a time at this point? No, there are gonna, there are regular press briefings um, for the county, and the chair has um, has been doing regular press briefings as well as you know our our public health. Um, um, officers and our um, and our health um, director has been giving regular um, press conferences and updates to the media to make sure people know what's going on. That's great. I know watching the press briefing yesterday with both the city and the county, um, there was some interruption as as folks are really concerned about housing and this moratorium on evictions is 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 one significant step that folks were hap- were hoping for. We've seen in other cities or countries a, even a rent freeze. Can you can you help our listeners understand sort of what the responsibility is at the county versus the city around something like that? Who makes that decision if if there were to be a, a rent freeze? Yeah, I think that there um, there has to be discussions about what exactly that looks like and and how how that would work, right? How does that impact everything? I know it's something that people are really concerned about, especially people who have already. Um, had hours cut or jobs lost because of the, you know, working in the restaurants or hospitality industries. Um, so I understand it's affecting a, a lot of people. I think um, what we're trying to figure out is what, you know, what we have the capacity to do at this time. It seems like the eviction was something that we could do quickly to give some some relief. Um, but, um, you know, talking about what other help might be out there um, and how we would be able to make that happen is, is discussions that are happening right now. You know the city um, can. The city um, is responsible for what happens within the borders of Portland and then Multnomah County. Obviously, we have the area that would be outside the city limits of Portland and Gresham and some of the other cities. So that's that's where the um, the jurisdictional um, you know information happens. But I think this is something that we would want to work in partnership with our um, with uh, the other jurisdictions just to make sure that we're we're having a clear message. Yeah. Now, you've also served in the state legislature. There, there has been talk that there might be an emergency convening of the state legislature to move some pieces of, of legislation forward to add additional statewide support. Um, can you provide any insight into what that might look like from your experience as a state legislator? 
Yep, I know this morning that they're having the first meeting of the um, of the of the joint um, committee that's looking at the res- the state response to the COVID virus. Virus, I think that's happening um, a little bit later this morning. So I'm really um, I'm going to be um, paying attention to that to see what they're discussing. Um, I know that the 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 impact that this is having on the workforce and impact this is having on our healthcare. Um, system is is a huge concern for everybody. Um, so I think what would happen um, is that they would have um, this you know this committee meet, have discussions, um, work on ideas and things that the state can do. You know, the state itself has access to to just more dollars in general than we do at the local level. So they can they can help um, make a big difference, I think, and, and definitely affect policy on a statewide level that we can't do here. Mm-hmm. Um, once, you know, they come up with a plan, then I think that would be a, a time to call an emergency session of the legislature to then um, pass the programs and the proposals that might need to happen that would require the entire legislature and wouldn't just be, you know, something that could be done um, administratively or through an emergency budget. Yeah, yeah. It's tough to be seeing all of this news come in, the increase of cases, the unfortunate uh, sort of inevitable increases of the numbers of deaths across our state and across other states and countries. But it's also, for me, so inspiring to see how people are coming together in different ways, stepping up, whether it's a business or an individual, um, the county, the city, to try to, to mitigate this negative impact on everyone. Are there uh, little rays of hope that you're seeing that you want to call out and give some gratitude for at this point? Yeah, you know, I think um, it's really been amazing to see how people who have been impacted in a really serious way through this situation, like restaurant owners, um, are, are stepping up and taking what's happening in their situation to try to do good to others in the population. Um, I know that there have been restaurants who have posted like, hey, we're putting our, um, our you know, food that we have that we're not going to be able to use. We're putting on um, some of our supplies and we're making bags and people can come and pick that up. And um, I've been trying to connect, you know, um, organizations I know that could really use this, shelters that I know could really use this to those things. Um, I think that just what you're seeing on, you know, apps like Nextdoor or what you're seeing on Facebook when people have, you know, a need, people are stepping up and saying, um, you know, if somebody's putting a call out, like, I need help picking up uh, um, some groceries or I'm running low on this, people are saying, I've got your back, I can do that. Um, and I think that this is the time when we need to do that. We need to really um, flex those community co- um, connections mm-hmm. and um, use the tools that we have available to make sure that um, that people are getting the help that they need. Um, and I, I just been, it has been the ray of hope during this whole thing that people are willing to step up and help out their neighbors, their communities, thinking about, um, you know, the, the, the seniors that they know right now and seeing what help that they need to. Absolutely. Are there particular resources that you want to make sure that our, that our listeners know about, places to go for updates and resources in general? Well, you know, the Multnomah um website is, um, is, has information about um, what's happening with COVID-19, how you can prepare, um, what resources are available as well. Um, for those of you who have, um, you know, kids, I think the school district websites are also um, sending information about, first of all, where you can go to get school lunches, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there will be some more communication from the school districts, especially as we're looking at the schools being closed now through April. Um, on what we're going to do with distance learning. So I think those are great um, websites as well. Absolutely. As a, as a parent, how are you thinking about getting keeping your kids engaged over this time frame? You know, I think, <laughs> I think this is 
the time where we're going to have to figure out how we're going to be able to make this work, right? How yeah. we can be on conference calls and also have kids that might need help with their with their homework or their assignments that they have to get done. Um, and we're going to just have to be flexible and we're just going to have to have, um, you know, some patience as, as we go forward with this. I think this is a good opportunity um, if you are able to, to stay home or if your, your kids are going to be, um, you know, at, at home for a while to see what other skills that you can be teaching them, what other things that are, um, you know, kind of safe to do, but also really good things. I, you know, we have done a garden in the past in our yard, and I think that's, you know, and that's something that I've already decided we're going to definitely be doing this year. Like, that's a whole process right there of getting seeds ready, of planting them, of, of, of planning out what you want to do, of taking care of that, and just getting outside and getting some activity um, that doesn't mean being around other people. So, um, I think that's one thing, um, but you know, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be a struggle for a lot of folks. Yeah, it feels so discordant in that it's, it feels sort of like a snow day, a very extended series of snow days, but yet it's gorgeous outside. At least it is in Portland this week, so it's, uh, it kind of feels uh, odd that we're supposed to stay, you know, stay isolated. Yet we can still be outside and go to all the amazing parks that are in our community and. Uh, you know, at least give a nod to our neighbors if if we see them and uh, check in on them in all the ways that we can. Yeah, I think it's really important, though, that people take this seriously for what it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, we can't be doing playdates with, you know, your kids' mm -hmm. friends right now. It's not a time for teenagers to be hanging out together while we're, you know, while we're um, having the schools closed. Mm -hmm. It really is about keeping that social distancing and making sure that we're um, we're doing what we can to follow that to help slow the spread of this, um, because that's the way that we're not going to overwhelm our healthcare system. That's the way we're we're going to be able to manage this, um, and it takes everybody really adhering to that. But that doesn't mean that you can't be, you know, taking a family trip to um, an outdoor space and just, you know, keeping your difference and doing a distance and doing a hike or something like that. Um, a bike ride, for instance, you know, those kinds of things, especially with the weather that's nice, um, if you're able to take advantage of it and keep your social distance, I think we can all um, have a healthier state of mind by getting outside. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Those are those are great thoughts. Now, you're you're a leader in our community who has felt a, a call to serve, a call to support this community through elected office. You're running again to to keep your seat as a Multnomah County Commissioner. What, what motivates you to be an elected official? Why that for your sort of your uh, your day to day way that you show up? You know, I I've always wanted to um, figure out a way to to serve in a in a way that gives back and that does something you know like a little deeper for my community and, and people. Um, this this you know the situation we're in right now is really about connecting people and making sure that those who are who are going to be hit hardest the people who are already more vulnerable to um you know economic bumps in the road are going to be taken care of and so you know i think we're and to me that's really why i got in this in the first place i live out in east portland um you know this community this neighborhood um, it's really different than the other places that I've lived in Portland because it hasn't had the benefit of the the dollars and the attention and the investment. Um, and, and you know, and I think that's true for people all over the state. And I really got into this to make sure that um, there is going to be somebody who is fighting and um, and a voice for making sure that we're we're getting equal investment for all communities, that we're creating opportunity for. 
um, for women, for people of color, who, for people who have been left behind to, um, to have the same options, to have the same opportunities and, and to make up some of the differences that we haven't seen in the past. And that's why I do this work. Um, and I, that's why I really love being able to do this work. Now, in addition to focusing on your day-to-day as a Multnomah County Commissioner, you've, you've taken on new initiatives to continue to connect people to resources and, and strengthen our community, one of those efforts being Preschool for All. Any updates that you want to provide our listeners about, about that work? And I know it's a little difficult to sort of shift gears when we're in such an urgent response phase of, of COVID-19, but there is other thing, there are other things that need to be happening at the same time. Um, and this this resource that would be preschool for all is is a pretty significant uh, opportunity to build some capacity for our families in this community. So I want to make sure to give you an opportunity to say a little bit about that before we close out. Sure, and you know I think that if there's one thing that this um, crisis that we're in right now has shown us, it's that we don't have enough of our safety net services. We don't have enough things built into. Um, the structure of our government to really take care of people in the way that we need, you know, and whether that's, you know, making sure that everybody has access to healthcare, that everybody has healthcare that they can rely on and depend on without going broke, um, whether it's making sure that people have access to childcare um, that's, that's there for them and their families, right? These are all things that have been highlighted, um, I think, by the situation that we're in. And um, it's why that I've always worked on um, things that really are going to provide economic success and security for women and families like retirement security and paid sick leave and equal pay. And um, another of those issues that's really important to me is, um, is preschool and making sure that every child has a chance to attend a preschool that's right for them, that gives them the joyful learning environment that they need, and every family would be able to afford that and have and have that access and um, and that's what we're doing with preschool for all. It's you know we know that preschool is a way that um, it's an important way to make an upstream investment for kids um, that will make a difference for them for their entire life. Right? It will help mm-hmm. with their brain development. It helps with their social and emotional skill development. It helps them be academically ready for um, starting in kindergarten. Um, and it's also a thing that pays off for all of us in the community. Um, it has the um, impacts of having the kids who experience it really, you know, graduate high school at higher rates and do and do better in terms of salary long term. Um, this is something that's that's really a good investment for all of us. That's awesome. So that's the vision. This is a Multnomah County specific effort. How will uh, our community members be able to support this? Is this something that they're going to see on the ballot in November? Is it, where are you in sort of the, the phases of making this happen? Yep. We're, we've, so this is um, something that we've been working on over the past two years. There was a task force um, that really had over 100 people and, and 17 different organizations as a part of um, putting together this preschool for all plan. Um, and right now we're looking at what it would take to actually implement the plan. So how we would roll it out, what would it look like in the first few years? And we're also looking at what it would take to um, put it on the ballot in November and be successful. So we're meeting regularly about that. Um, this is this is our opportunity to do that. And we're, we're really excited to be um, taking that step. So we've got a lot of folks um, who are around the table talking about um, how we can make this happen. Ah, that's fantastic. Anything else you want to make sure our listeners hear while we're on the line together? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think right now, um, 
as we were talking about earlier, it's it's more important than ever that we're reaching out to each other and making sure that um, the people that are in our lives know that we're there, that we're making those connections. Even if you can't see somebody or go out to lunch with somebody that you normally would, um, picking up the phone and making a call, you know, um, sending the text to check in, um, making sure that we're taking care of those who more, or that we know that might be more vulnerable. These are all the ways that we can step. I think this is what this is what Portland, this is what Oregon does really well, and and this is our opportunity to do that. Mm. Jessica, thank you so much for making the time this morning. I really appreciate you connecting us with the latest news about what the county is doing, as well as, as your vision of what community can look like. Uh, thanks so much, Emily. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Again, that's Commissioner Jessica Vega-Peterson, Multnomah County Commissioner. You can find out more at the Multnomah County website and also connect with Jessica there.